You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Locked On Indians fans. This is Jeff Ellis, your host. Today's show, we're going to talk some sim baseball. We're going to look at some Indians past. Uh, this is, I think, arguably one can make a case that like this seven-day stretch is maybe one of the worst in Indians history. I mean, I don't mean like just this year. I mean, in team history in general, we'll go into another horrible transaction the Indians made uh, during this seven-day stretch in team history. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the things coming out of national places, some interesting ranks, and I think we'll just start off with there. We're not going to go too in-depth, but as I am looking for things for the podcast, I, of course, am looking at what uh, other places put together, as in, I thought ESPN's one-hit series was fantastic. I hope some of you went and checked that out, but like I said, that is something that is just catnip for me. Uh, I thought it was interesting over on Bleacher Report. First, they had the top 25 pitchers of the last 20 years. So looking at all the 2000s, uh, I find it's hard because like players start to blend together. And I, like, I knew Roger Clemens had pitched in the 2000s, but it's like, how good was he? Um, but he's on that list. Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, some of those guys that you might be like, oh yeah, they did. I think of them as 90s guys, but they did pitch into the 2000s. Uh, one Indian on the list Two mentioned, Bartolo Colon does get an honorable mention, and the Corey Kluber ranks 12th, which, again, like that's, I'm sorry, there's three on the list. I, I totally blanked on CC Sabathia as well, being a former Indian. He is like 13th or 14th. Um, so there are three Indians represented on that list. And Cliff Lee, wow. I, I'm, the sad thing is, I don't have the list in front of me. This isn't me. Like, Cliff Lee was the, like, I want to say like 25th, like the very last guy on the list. So four Indians on the list. Um, none of them with the Indians right now, though one of them could be. They could sign Cologne. He is out there and available. Uh, it, it's interesting, though, to have those four guys. And I guess if you're you know making a Indians rotation in the last 20 years, it's pretty easy, right? Kluber, Lee, Sabathia, uh, Cologne. I mean, that's, that sounds about right. We could have a big debate, though, for that final spot. It's like... Um, are you going to put Carrasco there because of the peaks? Trevor Bauer? Like, I, I personally, I would always, I think Carrasco has been better than Bauer. That's just me personally. Is it going to be, is it Bieber based on what we've seen? Is it Clevenger based on what we've seen? Um, you can, guys like Jake Westbrook, who was really solid for a long time for the Indians. Uh, you can just keep putting some names out there. But it's an interesting debate because the Indians starting pitching has been so good where you can say that, if I'm out there trying to compare them against any other organization, they're going to be able to put together one of the best like one through five pitching staffs of any team uh, in baseball over the last 20 years. Like that's, yeah, a team like the Yankees can compete because they had the money to go out and buy people. But uh, for a small market team, it's kind of amazing that the Indians could have, you know, a rotation that is that good and looks that strong. Now, the other piece that Bleacher Report also put out that, I would be remiss to not talk about is they rank the top shortstops in baseball from 30 to one. So, uh, it was a JP Crawford with the Mariners. They put 30th, uh, for some reason I was thinking Brandon Crawford, but I was like, no, I bet it was JP. Cause that's who they acquired by taking on uh, Carlos Santana's contract. I wasn't paying close attention to the back end, but I do know it started with uh, a Crawford in Seattle. I don't even know where Brandon Crawford is right now. If I'm being hundred percent honest, but, so I think it was JP. And at the top spot was 
your friend and mine, Francisco Lindor. Uh, it has been interesting through this offseason, the number of people who want uh, their team to trade for Francisco Lindor who do not think he is a top three shortstop. So it was kind of interesting to see him there. Um, you know, the article pointed out he's either won the gold glove or the silver slugger every single year. He's had uh, 30, at least 32 home runs and 15 stolen bases, like either two or three years in a row. It was a bit of a down year for him, which is saying a lot for his ability. And then you add in the fact he's just 26. He's only getting better. So, uh, yeah, that's that's also interesting to check out. We'll save the simulation for the second half of the show. If it's not your bag, uh, you got your opportunity to skip through. But let's do some history. So uh, let's start with the short one. On April 4th, which is Saturday, uh, that is going to be... Uh, that's the anniversary of the opening of Jacobs Field in 1994. So you're looking at 26 years ago, Jacobs Field opened. Um, you know, obviously we've had some changes through the years with naming and such, but in, in to most of us, it's always going to be Jacobs Field, first and foremost. Uh, that same year, Eddie Murray, I guess on that same day in 94, one would guess, he set the all-time record for games played at first base, which when you consider that position and before the DH and the number of players who just kind of got put there because they could still kind of hit, uh, it's impressive that he was able to be that healthy. I mean, I, I feel like I, I know he was good, but Eddie Murray never comes up in feared hitter discussions. And he was he had some really strong years, but not, I don't know, maybe this is just me being a, a child of the 80s where I don't remember him as kind of that big feared presence. But uh, it's kind of impressive. I think a lot of his production is just being able to stay as healthy as he did. And then in 2001, so 19 years ago, uh, seven years after the opening of Jacobs Field, the home uh, sellout record is broken. Uh, The Indians do not have a sellout. The streak ends at 455 games. That would be a record until the Red Sox would uh, smash past that in the 2000s. So that's that's some interesting just Jacobs Field-related history. And then let's go back one more day. Let's go to what when this podcast will be up, which is Friday, to talk about, uh, you know, we're to talk about the Eckersley deal, one of the worst deals in team history. Let's talk about a deal that could contend with the Eckersley deal. Because, yes, the Eckersley deal was awful. They traded a future Hall of Famer for backup parts and spare pieces, but at least they got backup parts and spare pieces. In 1974, they acquired Bruce Ellington. Now, Bruce Ellington had been a largely ineffective reliever in the Dodgers' AAA system. He had uh, not hit the majors yet. He would play for the Indians in 74 in the majors, uh, appearing in just 16 games, 42 innings, and that would be it. He would uh, start the next year in the minors and then retire at uh, the age of 26. But this reliever who made it up in 74 to the majors with the Indians the year before, uh, an ERA of 6.71 in AAA for the Dodgers, uh, nearly equal walk to strikeout totals, a high hit rate, a high home run rate. Like you couldn't design worse numbers. But the Indians were like, oh, sure, we'll take him on. I mean, the year before he had been okay in that in a relief role. Um, so you're hoping maybe he was closer to that pitcher. And they gave up a 17-year-old kid. Now, the reason the Dodgers wanted this 17-year-old kid, and yes, I'm slow playing this, is a scout, Al Campanis, took over for the Dodgers that year, and he hired Reggie Otero away from the Cleveland Indians. Now, Reggie Otero had scouted uh, and signed for $2,500 Pedro Guerrero. Uh, If you are, again, like me and a child of the 80s, most of your Pedro Guerrero memories probably revolve around um, RBI baseball, 
That is, I think, where I got the most experience when he was with the Cardinals. But uh, so the Indians sign him in 73, and they trade him in 74. He plays one season at the age of 17 in the Indians minors. Doesn't really do anything to stand out, but with that same scout who liked him convincing the Dodgers that uh, they should go out and get him, they, the Dodgers pay a, a small price. I mean, this is a cheaply signed kid, $2,500. Uh, I'm going to pause the podcast, do an inflation calculator. I'm back. According to West Egg, that would be about 15000 a day. So it was a small amount of money. He goes to uh, the rookie league, doesn't do anything to stand out. Scout believes in him. The Dodgers trade, I mean, basically nothing. Uh, a guy that, that was a reliever coming off the worst possible year possible um, at a time when A, relievers weren't valued that much, and B, uh, teams just gave up on players a lot quicker. So Pedro Guerrero would leave the Indians, go to the Dodgers. He would not make it to the majors um, for a few more years. So it's kind of a trade that maybe people forget. He would debut in 78 with them. He would start getting at bats in 80, and then 81, he makes the all-star team. 80 is a phenomenal year um, for 200 plate appearances. So he's starting to get on the map there at age 24 and 25. Now I remember the Indians signed him at 17, so it took him a while. But uh, it doesn't change the fact that he became a five-time All-Star and a World Series MVP, had uh, three top five MVP finishes. Uh, One year, he in 1985 with the Dodgers, he had uh, 33 home runs. He hit 320, a 422 on on-base percentage, best in baseball, 577 slugging, best in baseball, a 999 OPS, and a 182 OPS+. plus. I mean, that is just, for his career, a 137 OPS+. plus. A is he a 300 hitter for his career? Yes, he is. Just a, a strong hitter, a guy who had some good walk rates through his time. Just a complete, total, another hitter. And the Indians gave him away for a guy who uh, was largely ineffective. Uh, you know, you can't blame him too much in this situation, other than the fact it's like I don't know why they even wanted to acquire Bruce Ellingston. Um, no knock on Bruce Ellingston, but. There's no reason that he should have been even remotely interesting. So I think that is where you fault the uh, the Cleveland Indians in this deal. But still, uh, Pedro Guerrero, former Indian great. I mean, he never played in the majors, but uh, one of the most feared hitters of the 80s uh, was a guy the Indians signed, did not develop because they gave him away for a pitcher coming off just a horrendous year for some reason. They decided, yeah, we like him. And... Uh, that is why the Indians of the 80s were so bad, is things like Eckersley, things like that, uh, it's it's hard to deal with. Uh, it is the niceness with Shapiro and Antonetti, uh, where all of a sudden they are actually able to win trades after years and years of losing every single trade. You know our sponsor, because I have been talking about them for a while, and that is Withings. Withings have been a fantastic sponsor for us, backing this podcast in these hard times. If you are like me, right now is a time that you are worried about lack of exercise, lack of movement. As I'm recording this, my uh, fitness tracker just told me to get up and move. That means I've been sitting for over 30 minutes. So uh, perfect timing on that, right? You know, if you want to lose weight, uh, knowing what your body weight is and, you know, your composition and your trends is so important. It's you want to make sure that, okay. I am going up, let's figure out why. I am going down, let's figure out what's effective. And that's where Withings is going to help. They made the first smart scale and they make the best, according to Tom's guy just this year. This smart scale is 
set up to run with Android or with Apple products. You put it on your phone, and the nice thing, unlike most of these apps, is it runs on Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. So your phone could be across the room, and it's still going to automatically sync. It's not just your weight, though. It's going to give you a local weather report, your weight trend, a full body composition. It is giving you all the information that you need to help you in your weight journey. And thanks to their sponsorship, we also have a great deal right now. So if you would like to get one of these uh, smart scales, you can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com. You're going to go to withings, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash MLB to get 25% off the Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash MLB to get 25% off the Body Plus Body Composition Scale. Okay, so I was thinking at some point we should maybe just go through and start like making a list and uh, just have a show devoted to the best trades in Indians history and a show devoted to the worst trades in Indians history uh, for every you know Cologne deal or we talked about the Shinshu Chu deal, um, the Bren Brassard for Estubo Cabrera, those ones where you get multiple years of talent for uh, passing in the night. You know, then we have our Eck deal, we have the Guerrero deal. And then we can have the ones that are just nice deals. It's, you know, you look at the Joe Carter deal. That's one that worked out well for everybody. You know, good value for the Indians. Uh, worked out for the Padres. Everyone wins deals like that, right? You know, that's, that's always kind of nice in its own little way. So that might be something to uh, look forward to in the future. Next week, um, across the network, we're going to be doing uh, greatest seasons. So we're going to be talking about the, some of the greatest seasons in uh, franchise history. Depending on sponsorship, we might just be three days next week. I just also want to warn about that. We have to see if we have that ad revenue to keep it up at a higher amount. Uh, So keep your eyes peeled. But uh, I already know without a doubt what like two of the seasons have to be. And I think, you know, without a doubt, I kind of have four seasons in particular in my mind. So we'll, uh, we'll get a chance to dive into those on next week's show. Even if it's only three days, we'll do uh, we'll front load and do those at the start of each episode. So, uh, you know, check out, download, listen. Uh, if it is five days, I've got to find one more. I'll dig into the numbers. If it's three, I'm going to have to cut one. Uh, and that's going to be a difficult thing to do. So it should be uh, some good podcasting. So let's get into the simulation side of things. Um, I am hearing positive things from people who are enjoying any form of baseball, including this kind of silly one that is the Simulation Baseball League. So let's talk about April 2nd. Uh, today, Today's game against the Detroit Tigers at Detroit. Uh, this game, the Indians jumped out to an early one nothing lead and held that until the fifth inning. Uh, Aaron Saval pitching for the Tribe, Matt Boyd pitching for the Tigers. Now in the fifth, some things started to come off the rails. C.J. Cron went deep, and he, it was a two-run home run off of uh, Aaron Saval. He would I, keep pitching into the seventh. He'd get up to six and two-thirds of an inning, and then he would. Uh, it, it starts to come undone a bit. The pen comes in and does not help out. Nick Wetgren has some struggles, uh, but but while the Tigers had taken the lead at that point, five to one. Uh, from that two-run home run, as mentioned in the fifth, and some struggles in the seventh. Uh, in the eighth, the Indians would uh, pull it together. Now, over this game, they had 11 hits and five walks. Uh, Domingo Santana went three for three, uh, two walks by Roberto Perez. 
uh, Carlos Santana with two hits. No one else had a multi-hit game. And uh, Francisco Lindor is your only multi-walk in this one. The Indians managed to push five across in the eighth, though, off of Buck Farmer. Uh, he only goes a third of an inning, gives up uh, five runs on two walks and three hits. Uh, a double by Mercado, but no home runs in this one. Uh, Whitgren, I left him in in the eighth, which he got through fantastically. Uh, going to the ninth, I had I had Whitgren face one guy at the start because we had a righty there. Um, and then I wasn't going to play with fire any further go to dominic leone who was rested and fresh and he actually picked up the save for the indians in this one two-thirds of an inning uh perfect so the indians managed to pull out uh, the victory here a 6-5 win 11 hits a piece for each team an error for the indians the francisco lindor error uh did lead to two unearned runs in the game uh, because it happened before the two-run home run as mentioned uh, Saval ends the game six and two thirds, nine hits, five runs, three earned, two walks, three strikeouts, and a home run. His ERA is now 2.7 on the season. Nick Wetgren picks up the win. Dominic Leone the save. The loser is Buck Farmer for the Detroit Tigers. Only 23,000 in attendance, a little under three hours for the game, 47 degrees. So then we come back for Friday's game. Might as well put Friday's game on the Friday podcast, right? Adam Plutko, uh, we mentioned the fact that he has a very, very low uh, endurance rating. So this one did not start off well, and Plutko was not rated very high, so it kind of fell apart at the beginning. He gives up two runs in the first inning um, for the Tribe, uh, coming on a, a home run by uh, Candelario right off the start there. So the Indians are down 2 nothing in the first at the end of the second, uh, after pull Plutko, I put in Hunter Wood as the highest-rated reliever in-game, and over two and one-thirds innings, uh, he's actually going pretty strong before he gets pulled. Uh, he goes uh, the third, nothing. The fourth, nothing. The Indians had gotten a pair of runs to tie it up in the third and fourth at two-two, but uh, in the fifth inning, five earned runs for Hunter Wood. Uh, two Ks gave up a home run. He allowed seven hits in that two and a third innings. Didn't walk anyone. So a home run to Jonathan Shoup was the big blow in that inning. Uh, Wood leaves. Adam Simber actually gets that final out of the inning for him. And Simber would go uh, one and a third innings, allowing three hits and two walks, but didn't give up any runs. So he still has a perfect ERA for the year. Karen Schock would then come out and pitch two and a third innings, giving up one hit, one walk, and striking out one. Uh, the Indians managed to get two more in the seventh, and they do get one in the ninth to make it close, but they end up dropping this one seven to five. Thirteen hits for the Tigers to get their seven runs. Eleven hits for the Indians to get their five runs. Uh, a triple by Francisco Lindor, who also had a homer, and Jose Ramirez homered in this one. Lindor had two hits and a walk. Strong game by him. Uh, Carla, or Jose Ramirez goes 4 for 5 in this one Carlos Santana, multi-hit game uh, Roberto Perez with a multi-walk game The Indians did manage to also get 5 walks They Spencer Tur- Turnbull was the starter for the Tigers They put 4 runs on him And then Joe Jimenez They got 1 run on him before he posted the save Your winner is Spencer T- Turnbull The loser is Hunter Wood A save by Joe Jimenez 
50 degrees, uh, a little over three hours, and again, a small attendance night. So I also ran Saturdays while I was at it, so we can just catch up and pull through. We are now in the future for this one. So this is the Saturday, April 4th game. Uh, on the mound for the Indians is Zach Plesak. For the Tigers, it's Michael Fulmer. I know Michael Fulmer would uh, not be on the mound for the Tigers, as I believe he's still recovering from injury. But, uh, hey, again, no one in this game has an injury to start the year. That's just good luck for every team but the Indians because I'm, uh, I'm pretending the injuries exist for the Cleveland Indians. In this game, Indians jump out to a one nothing lead in the first inning. Uh, Frankie has another strong uh, performance. He has another multi-walk game as well as having a hit in that run scoring in the first inning. Uh, that one run would hold until the fourth where the Tigers would get on the board with a run of their own. Uh, the Indians would come back and score three in the seventh. Now, this was an interesting development because we have Jose Cisneros come in for the Tigers, and he promptly walks four batters in a row. So they pull out Jose Cisneros and bring in Mark Ecker. Arker, Ecker walks the next guy. So it's six straight walks um, for the Tigers. That pushes two across. Uh, a sacrifice fly gets another one across in the so the Indians get three across without getting a hit uh, getting retired in that inning that's right three runs on zero hits and zero errors it's all walks and sacrifice flies it's it's an interesting thing but that that holds as the Indians win this one four to one uh, they score four runs on seven hits and have one error. The Tigers have one run on eight hits and one error as well. Zach Plesak goes eight and a third innings, uh, needs 111 pitches to get there, strikes out seven, uh, allows seven hits, walks one, and the one run, dropping his ERA to 2.45. Brad Hand comes on in the ninth. Uh, I had uh, Plesak face Austin Romine because he had was not tired yet and had uh, pretty much owned him in the game. And then I had Hand come in who promptly gave up a line drive uh, double. Uh, and I thought, oh, great, to, to Nico Goodrim. But then he gets the next two guys out. Um, not a save situation for him because it was just the two outs with a three-run lead. Uh, so the Indians win this one. Your loser is Jose Cisneros, who does not record an out, does not record a hit, just comes in and walks a bunch of guys. Uh, the game-winning RBI goes to Oscar Mercado because he walked. And uh, this game was 2 hours and 48 minutes. It was 55 degrees. Temperatures are going up in Detroit for the Indians. Multi-hit game for Jordan Luplo. Multi-hit game for Jose Ramirez. Multi-walk game for Lindor and Mercado. Lindor's average, we talked about uh, earlier in the week, was below 200. It's now up over 200. But uh, below 200 is Cesar Hernandez and uh, Oscar Mercado, who are both having a few struggles. The Indians are now 4-5 and five on the year. They will have the Sunday uh, matchup against the Tigers. And from there, we'll see how this uh, simulation season continues to go. As we move further in, it's going to be nice to have the option of adding Clevenger uh, probably more towards mid to end of May. But I'm certainly looking forward to that and then being able to kind of mess around with some of the other players in system if there's too many struggles using kind of the depth in the upper minors. Uh, I have been letting Leplo hit against righties. Leplo is hitting, uh, he is up over 200. He was below. This game helped his average significantly, but uh, soon I'm going to 
I'm going to give him a month before I switch him into that platoon role that he is probably best served in. Rough year for uh, Franmil Reyes. In this one, he grounded into two double plays. He went one for four. He did get an RBI uh, on that sacrifice. I want to thank you all for another week of listening. I hope that uh, we've been a fun source of entertainment during these extremely trying times. Remember to check out our sponsor, Withings. Remember to tell your smart devices to play Lockdown Indians. Remember, read, review, download, listen, tell a friend, um, all that stuff to help our little podcast grow and get bigger. Next week, we're going to look at some geotags as well because people enjoyed that in the past. As always, you have been awesome. I have been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at Draft. And of course, go tribe.